Hey, welcome to another episode of Sober Not Sane. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe, like, watch. Send us a picture of your favorite cat on YouTube. Uh, listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can find me at Jub. Just put Jub Fink in. It'll go to me. There's no other Jub Finks. And before we get going, we want to thank Liz from the camera store for helping us out with some of the equipment that we're using. And uh, just starting out, it means a lot to do that. All right. Zach Hussein, how are you? Thank you very much for having me. I'm doing well. How are you today, Jeb? I'm I'm okay. I'm on the mend <laughs> from something, but it's not about me. It's about you, Zach. I love the name Zach. I don't know why, but it's a very cool name. And you were born here? I wasn't. Actually, I was born in uh, Tanzania in East Africa. Came to Calgary at a young age and been here since. You know what's nice is you explained to me where Tanzania was. And I think that's because you found out I was born and educated in the U.S. Compton. <laughs> yeah. We're not, we're not big. Tanzania. Like, you know, although I've been to Africa, yeah. so. Have you been to places of East Africa or parts of East Africa? No. No. No, I ended up, I landed there, I was there for an hour and a half and got on a cruise ship and went out to work in the Indian Ocean. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I did, did, I would like to go back there. That's one of the few places I would like to see because I didn't actually see it. Right. I bribed an official guy to get my luggage and get me out of the airport and off to the ship. So, because it's the American way, Zach. So we should talk a little bit about, and it's kind of funny, the sober not saying, yeah. um, you're a mental health advocate. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I, I truly feel is that addiction, alcoholism, whatever kind of addiction is a mental health issue, uh, along with a ton of other things. What made you get interested in this? You know, I think we all struggle, but we don't open up and tell each other. You know, um, sometimes it's, or oftentimes it's too late where we realize where we've become or ended up and um, what our world has become. And I think for me it was, I realized I didn't have a, an out. Uh, I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know where to go. So obviously started surrounding myself with positivity and and quotes and just, beautiful pictures and it kind of gave me this escape and that's kind of where my social media had started was okay. through photography and videography was just an escape from our minds that sometimes can or oftentimes can consume us so and it's uh, mentel.ca yeah and which is a play on mental i guess yes it is yeah but uh the do you think it's more prominent for men to not share I think it's 100%. I think we keep it in. You know, we're supposed to be these individuals that are not supposed to share our emotions and feelings. And we've heard that many times over. Um, or we, we say to ourselves where we're like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fun. I'm happy. I'm the breadwinner. I'm whatever you want to call it. Um, this is the way I cope with things. I need to de-stress. <laughs> and yeah. I think, you know, sober not saying you've realized this. I mean, six years sober. Yeah. And for me, it's coming up to be one year sober. I've realized the amount of peace I found within myself through sobriety. And I'm, did you find that as well? Peace? I don't think I've gotten to peace yet. No? I'll, I'll up it to I'm more content than I've been in my life in a long time. 
But I've had one of those lives where I chase things my whole mm-hmm. life. And now maybe it's because I'm getting older. And to be brutally honest, I hadn't anticipated on getting this old. But, uh, well, I was running headstrong towards it. But um, I don't know about that happy, peaceful thing. I mean, I am. I have bits and pieces, but in general, no. Mm-hmm. But when, mean, you, when you look at your life before, when you were drinking and all the things that were going on, the substance abuse, wasn't it just chaos and just... I don't know, gears grinding in your mind. And yeah. And now that it's, it's not as much, is it? No, yeah. no. And I think the thing is that, that uh, you get used to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a daughter that honestly doesn't know how to live not in chaos. So I, I think people seek that out. Mm-hmm. And so out of all of your programs, and you have a, a lot on the website, if somebody's out there going, you know, I need some peace in my life, where can they go sure. to get help to look for it? Not to per se get it. I, you can't fix everything. Mm-hmm. But you can give them direction. I think one of the things is we often hear, well, just go to therapy or go to a counselor. You know, that may work for some people, but it doesn't work for everybody. Right. And sometimes people can immediately take offense to that. There's nothing wrong with me. I don't need to go to a counselor. I'm good, right? So you'll think that way. So I think first and foremost is, I don't know, evaluate your life. Are you genuinely happy? You know, are you contributing to society in a good manner? Um, Is your home life okay? And you start looking at all these things in your life, um, you'll quickly realize <laughs> where, you, where you are lacking and um, where you do need work. I think it all starts with us first. You know? Yeah. Um, again, everybody's journey is different, but for myself, I could say is, I've heard it before, Zach, stop drinking. You know, you're, you're a loose cannon. Or, you know, all, the, all those things beforehand that I was causing damage on my own self and uh, to others yeah. indirectly. Mm, it just clicked one day. I woke up one day and I said, I don't know anyone in AA. Never been to an AA meeting. Think I've seen it in movies. Let me go online through the pandemic. Uh, Yeah, November 25th, last year. Let me go online and uh, found a Zoom meeting, ended up on it and uh, continued to go on it every week. Or uh, sorry, every couple... I guess every couple of days a week. Yeah. Right. Did you, it's always amazed me. Like, uh, I mean, I started when I was like 13 years old, so <laughs> I got an early jump at it. And I always felt that I was a addict alcoholic. Um, and it would amaze me if people would say at meetings, I had no idea I was an alcoholic no. and kind of by volume, I, there was no other conclusion right. for me. So did you know you're an alcoholic or? No, absolutely not. <laughs> really? Uh, I did not know. I mean, at the end of it all, I realized, oh, oh I do have a problem here. Um, but I had nothing else to do. You know, there's close or <clears throat> shutdowns in our economy, uh, I don't know, get a few growlers, get a few cases of beer and stay home and drink. What else do you do? And I think we've seen that 
for many people across the pandemic, yeah. right? It's it's increased the alcohol consumption. So I think for me, it's just been, I realized it, it didn't become, you know, like every couple of days, let's have a beer or two or let's go have fun. It became a daily thing. And then right. what happened was instead of 8 p.m., hey, let's go meet up with a friend for a drink, it started becoming 6 p.m., 4 p.m. And then what I've realized is I was waking up and texting a friend, hey, want to go for a beer this afternoon later? I was never that guy. Wow. So I realized I had a problem, but again, I ignored it for a while. Again, people start losing hope, right? And uh, I also, my mom had passed away a few months before the pandemic had started. <laughs> and, uh, you know, grief's um, it's a tough one, to, tough pill to swallow. Yes. Yeah. She passed away from cancer and... Um, you know, everyone has someone that they've lost or will lose one day that they love. And for me, my mom was somebody that gave me hope. You know, it was that person that you could rely on when, I don't know. Always there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So your first uh, online Zoom AA meeting, um, how did that go? Ooh. Nerve-wracking. Um, yeah. I was, I was still hungover. And I uh, went on there, distraught, confused, afraid, um, feeling like I've, really, I'm here? Am I that much of a, you know, and you say to yourself, the self-dialogue we say to ourselves, am I right. that much of a loser? How did I end up here? Um, and you beat yourself up mentally. But after I left that meeting, uh, there was some peace I found in it, that I found um, a group of people like myself that all have stories that I had no idea about. You know, I, yeah. I would go to the bar or I'd go to the local pub to deal with my problems. And you start building a community in your neighborhood pubs and you go there every day and you're like, hey, John, hey, Joe. Hey, Zach, come sit with us. All right. So you feel a little comfort. But... Um, Clubhouse. Exactly. And everybody's lonely there. And you realize we're all just staring at the screen and having no emotions. And then we just go home and next day there again. So, Yeah, I found that uh, I was a little shocked at how few friends I had left after I quit. And some of the old friends are still there. Not very many. Mm -hmm. Do you have anyone left from that group? So it's funny. I talk about this story a lot where on, what was it, 2020 in July, I had a birthday. My party had quite a bit of people, um, <laughs> obviously uh, following guideline rules. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, all those people that were there, the one person that had been there that didn't drink and hasn't drank for years, came to the party himself, had fun. We're all drinking, hanging out. He leaves. We all continue on. The year comes around this July, this past July, and um, not one of them called me for my birthday to say happy birthday, Zach. Not one of them reached out. He was the only one that called. And um, you're right. That journey is a lonely journey. I do yeah. get calls from my one friend, but he keeps saying, want to go to the bar? 
No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a couple of people that don't get it either. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're... Or, or you'll be like, oh, you're not drinking still? No, I'm not, I've told you I'm not, I don't want to drink right now. Well, you know, the, yeah. the answer that I get a lot, somebody will say, oh, you should go for a beer. And uh, I'll say, well, I, I don't drink anymore. And the first thing out of their mouth is, fuck off. And it's <laughs> like they can't even fathom that I wouldn't still be drinking. What reaction do you get? Well, surprisingly, I think people have realized that I do explain a little bit of why I don't drink anymore. I said it was just too much for me. I couldn't do it anymore. Right. It was uh, too much on my mind. Uh, just giving me anxiety the next day. Wasn't productive. <laughs> Dealing with the hangover and... Um, the emotions were all over the place. You couldn't keep yourself right. together. And and I think that happens with a lot of men and women, right? And uh, that is also one of the reasons why I started that mental project is men helping men survive and, and opening up conversations of, you know what? It's okay to not be okay. And let's talk about it. If we talk about things, someone's going to hear the Sober Not Same podcast and say, wow, you know what? Maybe I, I can become sober now. Or maybe I've picked up something or a lesson to utilize in my daily life. And that's what I hope for in people. Right. right? Well, my hope is that people just go, hey, I'm not alone. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of people, like you say, you had this group of friends at the pub that you thought were your friends. It turns out not so much. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you're really alone. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman that I always think of. And he still goes there every day, walks to the pub, sits there, drinks, not the friendliest man, and uh, walks home. And um, every single day, and I'm thinking, you know, time is going by in our lives, and <laughs> it's, is that where my life was heading? Because that's where I was seeing it. Right. Becoming, well, you know, nobody wants to drink every day, and it became a daily thing for me. Because right. I didn't want to be alone at home. I didn't want to mentally be alone. I needed comfort. Hey, Zach, how's it going? Come on, sit with us. All right. So how many people do you think after everything that the world has been through that maybe wouldn't have become alcoholics or over drinkers, but by circumstance, mm-hmm. they have? You know, they are at home all the mm-hmm. time now. They don't have a job. They don't know what to do well i think we saw a stat recently that the consumption rate of alcohol and just the intake of drugs have just skyrocketed not just worldwide but in our own community here i mean fentanyl overdoses we're seeing yeah that's a pretty horrific invention (laughs) i mean it's just it's bizarre that people are doing it doing it but even that individual that's selling it regardless right well, they got to, you know, I I think in my entire lifetime of doing drugs, I had one dealer that didn't use. And everybody else started out selling drugs in order to get free drugs. Yeah. Then they discovered they could make a pretty fair living at it. <laughs> so yeah. it was like, hey, I don't have to work at all, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think people fall into it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean... When I did cocaine, I thought it was a victimless crime. 
But then I've watched uh, documentaries about how it gets here, mm-hmm. and it's not victimless. Nope. You know, I mean, the farmers are hideously abused, and they make nothing, while the giant dealers make fortunes. I mean, we've seen uh, Medellin and Pablo Escobar. Yep. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know, have you found through the journey or seeing people through this pandemic, have you seen alcohol also rise? No, I'm just not around it. Oh, you've totally... Did you, when you got sober, did you say, I'm not going to be a part of this life anymore? Well, I do stand-up, so I kind of... <laughs> I was still going to clubs to work. Was it difficult? Um, sort of, but yeah. I mean, I drank nonstop, so it didn't really... I know some guys, that's their reward after the show, is they get their beer or whatever they drink. And I had already started when I woke up. So I was a really good at a maintenance alcoholic and could maintain a certain level. And uh, and then it, until I couldn't. And that was very late in uh, my career. Did you realize you struggled with mental health? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Early on? Pardon? Early on in sobriety? Uh, no, before. Interesting. I went to ADAC and saw a psychiatrist, yeah. and he said, why are you here? And I said, I, uh, I need to know if I'm fucking nuts. <laughs> like, I think I'm insane. Because a sane person wouldn't do what we do, yeah. right? But you can't, that's not enough for most people, I don't think, to go, okay, you're right, we should stop. Mm-hmm. But uh, this guy was great. ADAC's a great resource for yes, people. Yeah. And uh, I took like probably four or five different mm-hmm. classes there. And it gave me more of an understanding of um, how my brain didn't work the right way. No, for sure. You know, I think if people hone in on themselves, um, through this pandemic, I've realized people can look at themselves deeply that is the silver lining here we have time before we were on this rat race of work life oh let's meet up for lunch let's go do this see you after work where were we running to so the silver lining that i found was there's time for ourselves understand who we are you know and there are people that didn't go through that journey and we're just upset and saying screw you lockdown and oh, i just can't wait to see my friends again we all do want to see our friends again, and we all do not want a lockdown. But in that time, you can go within yourself and say, who are you? Are, are you happy with the person you are? Are you happy with the habits that you're you know, consuming? Right. Yeah. I learned to write things down and look at them. Look at what I was doing and go, well, oh, that's not right. Like, they, they can't be right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know how you get people there. If somebody goes to your website... Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a new project actually. So we're looking for gentlemen that have a story or would like to share their story and and open up and communicate. And we're gonna have some Zoom meetings coming up where we can all come together in a private room and say, "Here's my story," kind of like an Alcoholics Anonymous, but for men uh, helping men. All right? Because I don't know what it is about men not being able to show weakness. I'm with you on that. It's just ingrained. <laughs> you know, my uh, my dad was a very much a, you know, what are you crying for? Yeah. 
and the standard, I'll give you something to cry about. And it's like, no, obviously I'm hurt, <laughs> you know. And, you know, probably came from his dad. And it's a, it's a generational thing. But I think, you know, people should stand up for themselves. They should s- still be who they truly are, but be themselves, right? If you're feeling it, express it. No need to hide it. <laughs> Although, you know, when I first got out of my first rehab, yeah. I went to a co-op and this poor kid, he said, how are you today? I said, you know what? My life is absolute shit, and I put myself here. I got no one else to blame. And he said, I'll be right back, and disappeared. <laughs> and a lady came out, and she said, I don't know what you said to him, but he's yeah. scared. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, maybe not the time to be honest. No, really because I find people ask you, how are you? And they, they don't care. No. They don't really want to know. It's a nicety that people do. It's one year out the other. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you can say almost anything, and you'll get a, oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you could say, well, you know, I I stabbed my friend today. And they go, oh. <laughs> they didn't hear you. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So maybe the listening part yeah. is important mm-hmm. to teach, too. Yeah. And the other thing is shadow work. So... There's a book I read my friend had given me, The Shadow Effect. Right. And it's really interesting. You know, everywhere we walk, we have our own shadow that follows us. And oftentimes we ignore it and we don't actually go look within it, meaning ourselves. Right. Similar to what I was saying earlier, to face the fears, face the demons that we all have. We all, we all judge ourselves hard. We all have weaknesses, but we also have strengths. And I think most oftentimes we should complement those things and compliment others for it rather than tear each other down, right? So when you start going within yourself, start picking this chest open and finding all these things that you don't want to touch because um, it's scary. Trauma, grief, pain. Um, people, are, people are broken, but yeah. they try to <laughs> glue it back together and, or just push it to the side and, and move on. Ah, it's just life. No, it's not life. You can have a better life if you go within yourself. So somebody's out there and, and hopefully listening to this and maybe thinking, you know, I should go do something to help myself. What, what do you think is a good first step? I think kind of similar to what you had said, start writing it down. Start writing, what, what do you love about yourself? What do you not love about yourself? Are you happy in your life right now? You know truly, if you write it down, what you need to change in your life. Yeah. We all know it. Yeah. If you go do that, I think that map is already set. Start moving. I don't like myself doing this, and why am I doing this? Find a different path. And... Um, for me, I think one of the, the struggles was loneliness. When you get sober, you are alone. You know, oh, I'm staying home today. No, I'm not going to go out. Even people that say, hey, you don't have to drink. Come out. It's not the same. <laughs> no. <laughs> right? No, I don't know how people don't understand that. No. I'm like, no, nah, I'll stay home. I'd rather just chill. <clears throat> That's when I started that podcast called Canadian Podcast. Yes. And I said, just bring on people that have dealt with pain and trauma and adversities and and overcame them. Because we all have a story 
And um, we don't talk about that. We can all talk about the, the highlight reels of our life, right? Right. Oh, look at me. Here's my accomplishments or this is what I'm doing. But who are you as a person? And I think that's a, a really genuinely <laughs> interesting topic for myself. <laughs> I could, you know, I, uh, I've had a lot of jobs that uh, it's easy to make the mistake that whatever job you're doing mm -hmm. is who you are. And it's really not. No. It's just a job. And then later in my career, I kind of took on that. You know, I worked in TV. It was a great job, but it was a job. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after I wasn't on TV anymore, you know, I still have people that know me. Mm -hmm. But uh, I realized it just really didn't matter that much. Like it really, like being on television, sorry, sorry to say during this, <laughs> isn't that big a deal. Was there a, a shift for you in terms of ego or how you felt about yourself going from television to a new job or a new position? It's like, I'm not that guy anymore. You know what it was? What, uh, being on the morning show was a big deal because yeah. everybody knew us. And A channel. Uh, yeah, and it was really <laughs> hard to go, okay, you know, I can go to places now and nobody has a clue who I am. And I didn't realize how that affected my mm -hmm. ego. Because it does. Of course. You know, it makes you, people tend to make you feel like a big shot. Mm -hmm. Or they go the complete other way and try to make you feel like shit yeah. because. You reported something that they did not like. No, I never really, I was never an actual reporter. <laughs> so uh, I would cover things and people would you know, say, I don't know why you were there. You should have come to our place. And it would be. You know, that's not the way TV works. No. What was one of your most memorable moments on A-Channel? Or places you've uh, gone? 911, 9-11. We were on the air when that happened. I still remember exactly what I was doing, where I was, and how I was feeling. I think that day no one will ever forget. Yeah. It's that it's burned in our brains. Yeah, and it really, um, it amazes me, and now we're into this with the pandemic, that people have all this time to go online mm -hmm. and read ridiculous horseshit and believe it. Yeah, I know. And it's like, I mean, I run into anti-vaxxers with their shirts in there, and it's like, you know, there must be something more important in life that you could be doing than just being a shit disturber. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I usually have the same answer for them. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't know that you were a scientist. And maybe you could help explain to me in scientific terms, not some sort of bullshit you've mm -hmm. you read on Facebook. Yeah, you know, it's social media. There's a positive side to it with connecting with your friends and being happy and... <laughs> And sharing positivity, which I tend to gravitate to and really want to push out there. The negative side, I mean, like you said, the pandemic's really brought a dark side of people. I mean, I don't blame people too. They're angry. People are very angry and upset. And again, if you're at home, what else are you going to do? Go on your Twitter or Facebook and just give these and then follow what you know or what your tribe or community follows. So... Say, for example, if I'm a, 
a pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine or whatever I may be, if I'm an anti-vaxxer, I'm going to start following only those channels. Yes. And then you're going to spew that on your social media and, you know, the public's going to see that. Um, and then they push that message on to others and vice versa. And, and that's where I've kind of stayed out of that because there's such a divide that I never even knew existed. Obviously, the pandemic and the words of COVID were never in my vocabulary, just like many of us. Yeah. But seeing families get divided over this or, or friends, and you're saying, what in the heck is going on? Really? I yeah, can't there should be more yeah. important issues that... Mm -hmm. And I actually, this is how stupid I am. I thought, you know what? Maybe this will make everybody get together. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing usually better to get people together than to have a common enemy, so to speak. Which was... Should be COVID. Mm -hmm. But as it's gone through this, we're going through this process where, um, and honestly, I'm not a Donald Trump fan. I think he did absolutely nothing to help anyone except uh, haters. And I think he's a hater because in his heart of heart, he probably knows he's a loser. Mm -hmm. And so the Have only... Have you ever liked him? Or... No, I didn't like the TV show, but then he was just kind of this harmless idiot. And then he became president, to which I'm going, what are you kidding me? Like, this is the best choices? It amazes me with a country that big. That's what they end up with. And at least I know there's some anti-Biden people, but at least I think he's a good human being. And I think he's trying to do the right thing. He may not be accomplishing it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But at least mm -hmm. he's trying. You know, it's crazy. What is accomplishment, right? To, and that's this divide right now. If we said, oh, Biden's doing great. Well, then you're going to get this side yelling at you. Oh, Trump's doing great. Well, screw that. So how do you, how do people, the common people come together and realize we don't need to yell about it? Yeah, and and it used to be that, uh, and I said for a long time, just put it down into Alberta. What a perfect time for both parties to get together and go, all right, let's put the bullshit aside and let's figure out a way to really help the people of Alberta. And they decided not even to do that. You know, they decided to, you know, the NDP decided to just point fingers at what a terrible job the UCP the, yeah was doing and really I mean Joe Cece used to send out all these texts and I I would look at them and answer them and uh, one of them I wrote to him stop telling me what's wrong with the other party tell me how you're gonna fix it tell me yeah. what you would have done better mm -hmm. and he sent back basically well what is he just playing it by ear and I wrote back everyone is everyone is yeah it's not just him. And guess what? You'd be the party that was doing a shit job if you were in power right now. It, it why, doesn't Why matter. are people blaming each other? Why is this happening? You know? I mean, it's always happened, but could we have found a way to just... Do you find... think it's human nature to, to be aggressive and be hateful towards someone? Is it easier to have an enemy? I think it's harder. Personally. Uh, holding a grudge is painful for myself. 
it would eat me alive to hold a grudge on somebody. That's why forgive, but don't forget. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I think my Angelo had a quote where she says, you'll never forget the way, or you'll forget the way they said something to you, or, but they'll never forget, or you'll never forget the way they made you feel. Right. So true, isn't it? How that person made you feel inside, you'll never forget. Well, and I think it, it might be from the four agreements, I think, but it's the person with the emotion is the person with the issue. Yeah. And it's like until you learn to let that go. You know what I realized, though, is you also have to just understand people right now. People are upset. People are angry. Um, and I don't want to be in that war. I don't want to be a part of the dialogue there. I don't yeah. need to because <laughs> I'm finally coming to peace here with that war. Why do I need to go that way? Yeah, you probably picked the worst time in the world to get sober. <laughs> the hard, It's got to be more it's, difficult. I mean, I said to somebody, thank God I didn't start getting sober during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Because I spent a lot of time at my house. And before, I spent a lot of time at the house drinking. Oh, yeah. And that's what I was doing. And just wasn't doing anything. And waking up miserable and doing silly things. And And do you feel, because you're just coming down to the end of your first year. And I always try to tell people. So I do have people that say, can you talk to my husband? Mm-hmm. Can you talk to my kid? Whatever. And my answer is always, as soon as they call me and ask. But I can't talk to them for you and have any effect. Because if, if a person doesn't want to stop... They won't. They, they won't. And, you know, I mean, I went through a couple of rehabs. I went through detoxes. I went through all of this stuff. And until I finally... Um, it's funny because it's surrender, right? When you finally go, okay, I don't have control over this. And I didn't realize what surrender was until I went, oh, fuck, I give up. And I was like, oh, that's what they've been talking about mm-hmm. for a year. Do you still crave it? Uh, no, I don't. It doesn't bother me nope. at all. I don't, um, I don't drink non-alcohol beer. I don't uh, uh, drink mocktails. Oh, yeah, no. You know, because it just... It's a trigger. It could be a trigger. Yeah. And my, my whole thing is when if I do think at all about drinking, I think of going and buying a 40 and slamming it. Like, you're not exactly cured if you're still thinking like that. Exactly. And so at least I'm rational enough now that I can go, well, what a ridiculous thing that would be to do. But in that first year where you're at, it was really hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially, again, the pandemic. You're lonely. Your friends are still at the pubs and bars. Don't get many phone calls anymore. Hey, you want to hang out? Yeah. <laughs> so you're you're at home, and you've you got to decide what you want to do with your life. And and I think, I think going within was the best thing I ever did. But for me, I can say it was a little easier because... I was trying to chase peace. I was trying to chase happiness. I was trying to love me when I didn't love myself before. Right. As cheesy as that sounds. Um, no, it's it's true, though. Those little things, right? You, you pat yourself on the back. You give yourself a hug. And you 
You move on another step. Well, you're certainly the person that knows everything about you. So if there's stuff that's hard to forgive, you Mm -hmm. know it all. Well, I mean, you get to a point where you just can't look at yourself in the mirror anymore. There's a problem there. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had a dog that uh, was pretty much my constant companion. That's the same with me. Yeah, and I said to somebody, you know, if that dog could talk, I'd have to kill him. (laughs) He knows everything. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, And it was like... Scary to me to think anyone would know everything. Yeah. Do you still have the dog? Ah, uh, no, he yeah. passed away. Yeah. yeah, mine's five years old, and I'm just like, goodness, you're like my best friend. It is true, man's best yeah. friend. Yeah. Non-judgmental. Nope. Happy to see you every time you walk in the door. <laughs> Good day, bad day, any day. Yeah. yeah, it's the only non-judgmental thing in mm-hmm. your life. They're beautiful souls. Yeah, they are. Yeah. What was your dog's name? Sammy. Sammy. And what kind of dog was it? A Bichon shithead. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, he was just funny. He was, like, if he'd get mad at me, he would uh, pee or shit on something I owned. There you go, Dad. Yeah, yeah, here, think about it. When the first time I went to rehab, I went and picked him up. And at the time, I was moving into a hotel for a little while. And uh, he wouldn't look at me, didn't want to be my friend and uh, I look in the rearview mirror and he's shitting on my coat in the back seat <laughs> staring at me like there you there go. you go yeah <laughs> leave me yeah. <laughs> when you when you look at your story I mean six years sober what made you say I need to go get sober now me oh uh was there seriously s- yeah was there somebody that said Jeb get sober or was it you no I was ready to jump off the balcony I thought those are my two choices either get sober or jump and I couldn't do it to my kids and grandkids. You you got to that point too, eh? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. And luckily I had, because it's an instant, right? Because you can actually convince yourself. Yeah. It'll just take, I got to go down 13 floors. That's it. It's done. And it'll poof. Yeah. But with my luck, now I'm living on the third floor. I just get broken legs. <laughs> I'd be a bitter guy in a There you go, right? (laughs) Tried. I did my best. What led you there to say, hey, it's either I keep going or I I I just couldn't stop. And were you messing up your life? I think part of the problem is I'm not a stupid person. So it's like I should be able to outsmart this. And I think that was the lack of surrender. Just going, I don't need... Uh, I still don't go to AA. I have a lot of friends mm-hmm. from meetings and from Betty Ford that come by and talk to me and, you know, check on me. One of my friends, uh, he he lost both his sons uh, wow. to, to mental illness and suicide. Um, but he ended up in Betty Ford, and he said it was one of the greatest things that ever, ever he came out of. Yeah, Was that the same for you? Yeah, it was. Um, I, and I don't know if I was just ready. Mm-hmm. I think if you, I, I mean, it's obviously, it's not a, a, a cheap venture. No, it's not. But you can uh, go to um, Lander. Yeah. Uh, I went to Lander once. That's in, that's where is that? That's, that's here. That's just, okay. yeah, yeah, just an hour south. Oh, what was that? Oh, Ravensview is what I was thinking of. That's in BC. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's a million places to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Uh, there's an indigenous one that you don't have to be indigenous to go to. 
and religiously, I think, more along their lines than yeah. Western religions. Do you think we'll ever get to a place where men or women realize, hey, you know what, I don't need to get to that point to stop, just the way you and I had got to a point where we said, I'm done, literally done. Two options, live or die. Yeah, I don't... Like, why mean, does it have to be to that extreme, right? And are I, we going to find it out earlier than exactly, that? Exactly. You know, realize, oh, okay, maybe parting a little too much. Well, like I said, I knew forever. I knew. I'd have to be a moron not to mm-hmm. think yeah. I was an addict, you know? There's a gentleman, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Joey Diaz. Yeah, why do I know that name? He's a comedian as well, but he had similar issues. He had to stop. He said uh, the cocaine, the the alcohol. Oh, it's everywhere in that industry. Industry, yeah. I think maybe less now, but in in the U.S. during the eighties, yeah. I I there was a time period I didn't know anyone that didn't do coke. Good lord! So it was just a lifestyle. It was part of being a yep. comedian. Everybody did it. So once again, how could it be wrong if everybody's doing it? And especially people that you look up to. Oh well, this. This comedian is doing it, right? So. Well, I was doing it before I started doing comedy, but nobody knew. You know, my first wife had no idea. Robin Williams had been doing that as well, right? Uh-huh. He, he dealt with some issues. Yep. <laughs> oh, he went I didn't know him well, no. but I, had, I was on a movie show, interviewed him a couple of times, mm-hmm. and uh, hung out with him on one not-so-memorable night in San Francisco, and he was a non-stop go guy. Whether at the time he was using or not, that was just him. Balls out. Just full. Full Full-blown. Good Lord. I mean, if you look at his specials, that's how he operated. Yeah. 100 miles an hour. Even behind the scenes, he was just that guy. Yeah. Good gosh. I mean, you think that person... Well, we say it how many times over. How can he he, he take his life? He he brought so much joy and laughter and happiness. Oh, hey, I mean, we're, we're like Delphire. We're third to dentists for suicides. <laughs> Comics are not happy people. Comedians are not. And I've always said, show me a, a really happy comedian. The guy ain't funny. It like most comedy comes from pain. Doesn't come from a place of of joy mm. and happiness. Mm. What pain were you feeling or dealing with inside? Now you look at your life saying, this is who I was since 13 or whatever age you were drinking. Yeah. Well, I started drinking with my dad. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't nail it down other than self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, I mean, I sent my sister. I was talking to my half-sister this week, and I had sent my sister... Um, I was doing up a book of the adult children of alcoholics, and I was, uh, you know, blackening things out and putting our names in it. Interesting. Okay. Because, oh, yeah, that's definitely me. That's her. That's me. And it was like, how can whoever wrote this book know this much about me? And then here's the funny thing to me. You go to an AA meeting, and they say you you, you're not supposed to say we all do this mm-hmm. because we're all individuals. Yet we all do the same stupid shit. So it's like, hold on. Yeah. Let's, let's admit that we're all a lot alike and figure out a power inside of that. 
When you look at your father, was he someone that was struggling with alcohol or trauma that he, he brought actually, into your he life? He ended up quitting. Yes. But, I mean, that's how I grew up. That's what men did. Go to work, come home. <laughs> oh, no. Go to work, drink. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, he drank at lunch every day. I don't know how early he started until he had retired. And then the uh, day of his funeral, I, I had to go drink with his friends. And he told me, well, he was on his deathbed, he said, you, you got to go. And uh, I said, oh, okay. And uh, he said, you got to be there at 9 o'clock. And I said, bars don't open at 9. He goes, not the front door. And it was this little pub, and the guy opened the back door. Oh, my goodness. And let all of his buddies in because he was also drinking. So they go there and have breakfast and start drinking. And Was your mom like that as well? No, my mom uh, was a, a pretty pious yeah. evangelical Christian. Mm, interesting. Okay. Sometimes there's none meaner than those people. <laughs> well, we've seen that lately. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's that's a scary thing. And when you were how how much of an effect do you think a president like Donald Trump had over raising the anger level of people? <laughs> well, I definitely don't think it calmed people down. And the narrative could have been a little How to describe it? A little controlled, I think it needs. Kinder. Kinder, softer. I mean, you were just amplifying things. We saw what was in January with the storming of the Capitol. Yeah. And if you replay what he had said, that was not a noble thing to do for humanity. Do you think it was a perfect storm with everything that was going on in the world? And he had already divided the country so much. Um, he had the audience to make that happen. Yeah, prove a point. Uh, you know, there's some people that'll say, oh, he, he's still our president. <laughs> oh, yeah, they have to believe that it was fixed. Whereas in Canada, the elections are fixed by virtue of all of the people in the East decide who's going to run the country. It's so true. It's always. I I had a joke in my act, you know, that I'd be getting up, getting ready, and getting dressed to go and vote and turn on the TV. It's all over. <laughs> and it's like our polls haven't opened. How could it possibly? see? Yeah. And same electoral college. Yeah. Now they're trying to rig that as best they can. Do you think Biden and Kamala Harris have – come in place at a right time to now soften the country down? For some people, mm -hmm. yes. But for others, I think some people are going, we backed you, and you're not fixing it yet. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, I just had oral surgery. And the guy told mm -hmm. me it'll be either, uh, I still don't have all the feeling back. And he said it'll be six weeks to six months. Wow, that's a, that's a wide gap right I there. I said, are you fucking kidding me? You can't do it faster than yeah. that? No. <laughs> it's how you heal. So it's the, and you, know, I, and you know what? He was great. He did a great job. Everybody I dealt with in the medical system in Canada did a great job. But I literally 
was angry because he shared that message. Well, we see it in the States, red versus blue. I mean, we still see it here as well. Do you think, whether you call it anti-vax or whatever the name is, and pro-vaccine individuals, will that ever stop? Do you think that divide will ever just come to an agreement where we say, all right, you're right on this, you're right on this. Why were we yelling at each other or arguing and screaming? And I mean, I, I think some people will actually be angry if it gets cured. Because now what? Now what do I hate? Yeah. I mean, when was the last time you heard something about Black Lives Matter? Oh, no. Me too. True. Gone. You know? And, you know, the best the Republicans got now is, you know, all those horrible Mexicans that are coming over and doing work that, you know, born in country, spoiled white people won't do, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I hope they find some peace in this or <clears throat> I, I know we'll never get to 100% of, of a no, and, and that's silly of me to even think. How do you think? How do you think? So you have a podcast. Yes, I have a podcast. How do you think? Because we seem pretty sensible. How do you think you can affect people on your podcast to move, at least move towards that? Not fix it, but move. You know, towards that. You know, Jeb. The common sense is right there. Just look. <laughs> what, yeah. are you, what are you looking at? What are you, who are you hanging out with? Which parades are you going to? Sorry, protests are you going to? It's bad to call them a parade. Mm -hmm. That should be a positive thing. Mm -hmm. But um, it's funny because you say, you know, I had someone stop by the booth and they told me and they had listened to... Mm -hmm to Karen's um, podcast, and they said, wow, she, was, she just knew so much. I learned so much. And, and this is a friend of mine, and she, she said, I could never figure out how come you couldn't quit. Mm -hmm. And you tried to tell me, and then I listened to Karen, and, and I go, oh, he just couldn't, mm -hmm. and, you know, until he was topped up and couldn't do anymore. And there's a, you know, it's like, oh, you know, if I affect, affect just one person, but, you know, the saying in comedy is if I can just make one person in the audience laugh, I'm a really shitty comedian. Your job is to touch everyone. And I, I don't, effect, yeah. yeah, and I can do that in an audience in general. I mean, there's going to be people that don't like me, but to figure out how to get this message across, mm -hmm. what, like, what do you think? Like, what? What can be done? You know, we've seen the media, the news, educate people on it, and uh, then you'll get the backlash. Because there's so much wishy-washy. Right? Yeah. Um, some of the things that I see don't make sense. So it, it gives the opposition a chance to say, told you so, there's something fishy going on, or this could be a conspiracy. Well, it's. Uh, I watched the video of the lady talking about they had, the she they gave her the vaccine against her wishes for her job, right. and uh, she said, "I'm going to show you I'm this 
spoon or whatever is going to stick to my neck. And she just kept doing it. It just kept falling off. And she kept doing it. It's like, you know, the definition of insanity. You know, you're doing the same thing over and over again. It's not magnetic. You don't have something in your body. Totally. Well, you know, people are getting worried now saying um, healthcare workers, mandatory vaccine. If you want to fly, travel, or do anything, mandatory vaccine. This is where it gets to that tricky, touchy part where people are saying, well, you can't force me. And we keep hearing this phrase of my body, my choice. How, how, how would you say that narrative can be changed? Yeah, but see, in Texas, they don't believe that about uh, abortion. There we go. <laughs> but they believe it about the vaccination. Can't pick and choose no. that theory. Either you can't tell people what to do with their body. You know, I wasn't going to get them because I had pretty sure I already had it. Mm-hmm. And then the variants came out, and I thought, I'm still not healthy from having it. Mm-hmm. Like, if I get it again, it might kill me. I don't know about you, but last December or early January before we got or heard about it here. I, I was really sick for two weeks. Yep. I hear a lot of that. <laughs> I have the business at the market and people tell me. It. Yeah. But they also say, I don't have to get vaccinated. And I always say, go online and look at the variant. Oh, yeah. And find out mm-hmm. how this changes. Well, there's a, always a counter to everything you put up. I mean, India was having corpses being burnt on the streets because they didn't know where to put them anymore there's so many bodies they didn't have oxygen a few months ago i mean people were saying it's just a a hoax it's just a one little part they've just cornered them in and they're just making them all panic like that so they can show us fear well and i had people ask me why is it what what's italy doing wrong i said nothing they all live together they don't they don't put their old people in a home they live with them. Known as. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, like your grandparents are in this hospital or, you know, mm-hmm. care facility and you don't go see them. You know, I, I had to deal with the grief, like I had mentioned, and trauma in my own ways, a loss of my mom. And it was a few months before the pandemic, as I said. But it was interesting to see is now... I can clearly see a silver lining as well there. And that's where I've said I've been finding these little moments of, aha, okay, I'm okay. I got to spend my days with my mom. How many people yeah. did we see through this pandemic on TV that would have to do, hold up the iPad for FaceTime or through a glass and through these big suits? And I'm thinking that's how you have to say bye or, or not even say bye. Just stay yeah. home and we'll give you a call. Yeah, it's... People are dying alone. And my mom passed away in the States, and I didn't get to go see her. And uh, by the, she had early-onset dementia, and mm-hmm. it was kind of that. It's not even her anymore, and she's yeah. lost. She thought my son was me. Oh. Okay. And, uh, you know, it was like she doesn't yeah. know anymore. So mm-hmm. and I went with... I wanted to remember her oh. the way she was. Yes. A staunch evangelical Christian. That's your mama. That would have said in the middle of a pandemic, God's will. Uh. <laughs> she would, oh, that was everything, right? Yeah. So I wonder how many of the the right, right-wing right evangelical Christians are just going, well, it's part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. 
What do you think about all, a lot of the, the pastors and individuals that are saying, you know, you can't be forcing a vaccine? Hideously irresponsible to their flock. <laughs> I don't, honestly, the big saying, what yeah. would Jesus do? Well, he wouldn't say get in a small room and hug each other. No. He'd that. say, if you do that, you're going to get this and you'll be dead. Same as don't eat pork because you'll get trichinosis and it will kill you. It doesn't anymore. But so at one point in at time. At one point. So that was a viable rule at that time. Yes. Not so much anymore. When you see individuals fighting each other or, you know, obviously I'm guessing you're pro-vaccine. You know, I'm, I'm, I did what was right for me. Mm-hmm. My now ex-wife uh, did the same. Our daughter got vaccinated, um, and I don't know that I know enough to tell somebody, you should go do this. I agree, yeah. I just don't, I don't see... The reason not to do it, if, if everyone else is. No, and, you know, like the pharmacist where I got money was trying to tell me, well, you know, don't worry about this, don't worry about that, and I said, if you had any idea yeah. what I put in my body... You wouldn't even hesitate. <laughs> like this. This ain't going to kill funny. me. Yeah. You know, yeah. turns that out. would have been a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would have. Uh, yeah. uh, well, a friend of mine in, in London, England, I talked to him on the phone. He goes, he said, you got one of those bodies that could kill COVID. You have so much. You built up a resistance to so much mm-hmm. in your life that it's not going to kill you. And I was like, well... Just for shits and grins, I'm going to go get that vaccine. <laughs> How know? do you tell people right now, hey, you should probably get it done without telling them? I don't, I don't really. Like if they ask me, I'll say, you know what? I made the choice I made for me because I thought it was right. That's the best way to be. I right. think that if you're going online and reading things that people have written who are not qualified mm-hmm. to tell you any of those things – like, you know, I'm an out-of-work plumber, but I don't think you should get the vaccine. And my answer is, oh, well, when my pipes go bad, I'll call you. But now I'm going to listen to the scientists. And now the other side is attacking the science with no – they don't even have scientists to back them up. No, it's just – it's funny. It's <laughs> Some of the stuff you do see, though, right? The articles are – like, how does that even make sense? And how do you believe this is true? But do you think uh, booster shots and all of this will ever end? Uh, I think it will. Yeah. Um, Although the bad thing is so many people that uh, our hospitals are packed Mm -hmm. with people that have not been vaccinated. And you see news reports all the time where somebody will be lying there in bed. Yeah, but it's fake news. Hey, no, they're lying in bed going, I had it. You need to get vaccinated. I can't believe I didn't do that. And it's like once they get on the brink of death from it, oh, yeah, maybe they were right. Well, I heard uh, someone saying it's like shattered glass in your lungs. Good Lord. That's just uh, something to picture. Yeah, my my lungs are still not 100%. No. Do you still smoke? Never did smoke cigarettes. No way. Just, no. Okay. You pick anything else out, I've yeah. smoked it. But have you, What have you found to keep yourself busy or heal now? 
is there any other substances or you just pick up apple juice and say, I love this drink? Ice cream. I eat a lot of ice cream. I, uh, I work. Yeah. I work lots of hours and I stay busy. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a pasta company and I just keep going. And, and I think that's the thing where we were talking about people are at home and they have nothing to do. That's boredom. Problems. You go on Twitter, start ripping people apart. Yeah. And that's the other thing. It's like people should realize that everyone is trying in some way, most oftentimes. And the people that are trying and sometimes are not fully there yet, I think people should realize (laughs) you can give a little bit of a push instead of saying, F you, right, and tearing people down. Well, I I guess the way that I would think of it is say, okay, for a day – Go like because you spend your life going mm-hmm. into anti-vax websites. Go into pro-vax websites mm-hmm. and have a balanced. Mm-hmm. And like for me, I do that with the news. I watch, you know, I'll watch two or three newscasts. Yeah. Um, I'd, probably a lot of people wouldn't like it, but I like Al Jazeera. I think it's a really well done newscast. It's actually an interesting <laughs> channel. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's not. They're not trying to convert anybody. No. It's the truth happening report in the world. The news. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, BBC News World, I like. Yeah. I love documentaries. That's one thing I admire. Yeah. 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 It's just um, it's fascinating to see how much is happening right now. Or has it always been this way? And we never had the time to say, oh, I didn't realize that's happening in the world. Or you, or you just didn't, you were so busy with your own life, you didn't care. Do you, know? you take everything that the news says to be serious always? No, you kidding me? I worked in the news. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I mean, they have their their of course slant yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. Everyone does. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who or what you are. Yeah. You have a predetermined mm-hmm. idea of what a story actually is. And then, I mean, I have to tell people all the time. They look me up on Wikipedia and they'll oh, I saw you're worth six million dollars. Where'd you see that? Wikipedia? Yeah, that uh I said go home and change the number to much less than that. Yeah. And if you find that six million, come and find me. <laughs> yeah, if you can find my name on a bank account, I mean yeah. you know. Exactly. No, it's um and you know it's really cool to see through this pandemic how many individuals are starting local small businesses and just independent journalist reporting. Yeah. Yeah. And little YouTube channels that are actually blowing up now. And, and people are starting businesses doing something they love to do. Mm-hmm. And they literally, the food thing, I mean, I've always cooked. Have you always been a foodie? Yeah, but weird foodie. Like yeah. I, I was, until I started traveling a lot, I was, I'll, I'll call it an American foodie, <laughs> where it was, you know, maybe not as classy. Yeah. But it was darn good. Yeah, like I can make you some of the worst food in the world for your body that is so delicious. You're making me hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Like gravy on fries and what are you thinking? Uh, I can eat, well, I can't eat that much anymore. Uh, Chicken fried steak that is plopped on a plate full of potatoes and covered with gravy. Oh my goodness. No veg. That's just taking up space that you need. 
for potatoes <laughs> and chicken fried steak. I was on your social media. You always have meat. You love meat. I do. <laughs> and you know what? I'm in a market where people like good basic food. Yeah. And uh, I do a lot of that. Yeah. The shepherd's pie, is it good for you? Well, it's not going to kill you. But it's not particularly good for you. Mm-hmm. and uh, But you don't eat it every day. No. But when you do make it and you eat it, it definitely hits the spot, doesn't it? Yeah. And the pasta is amazingly healthy. Like it's so, a non So what is your pasta? Like what is your company called? Jeb's Joint. Jeb's Joint. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And what can you get? See, obviously, the sauce is Italian. The, the noodles are Italian. Yep. That's got to be there. What, what do you... Um, do you have them pre-made as well for people to... Yeah, pre-made meals to take home. Oh, that's that's my big seller. Yeah. Because people, although they have time at home, they want to do anything but cook. Mm-hmm. Throw it in. Yeah. And it just amazes me, everyone that is on the um, uh, Uber Eats or Skip the Dishes, and I don't think they really realize how much money that costs the business. Oh, my goodness. 30%? I refuse to work with them. 30%. Yeah. So everybody I know that's being successful about that has just raised their price on those platforms 30%. Because why should they lose? I know a pizza place that had four delivery guys. Uh, Friday and Saturday, they used to make a couple of hundred bucks each every night in tips. And now people started ordering from those platforms. Do you think one day we'll see a local platform that's maybe 5%? Or? I think there are some out there now. Yeah. I haven't really looked at them. I think there are some uh, grocery delivery mm-hmm. services. But, I mean, you don't even have to go inside a grocery store anymore. <laughs> you know, you can basically text them inside and sit in your car, and the guy won't even won't touch you. You don't have to. Do you to... think this will ever go away? Pardon me? I don't think this will ever go away. Do you? The COVID? No, the... The new way of doing the convenience. things. Yeah. No, because I think it's it's just the way the world has changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so true. It's like, hey, you want to do a Zoom call? Ugh, I don't know how to use Zoom. What do I do here? Now it's just the norm. Yeah. I. You know what? I. Yeah, I never hear that. I did Zoom shows, yeah. which was very it's, more difficult because you you don't feel that connection. And to me, like when I do a show, it's really important to connect to people. Yeah. So the Zoom meeting to me, like we do it for the board for my condo. It's like and the it's, energy, right? You, you got to have it. It's I like find there's glitch. less yelling and arguing because <laughs> you can't like yell over the other person because your mic just cuts out. <laughs> so it's kind of an evil, yeah. good plan. <laughs> it's like, wow, she looks so beautiful when she sings. So. Some of the things, you talked about the mentorship program. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody's out there and they're like, yeah. okay, you know what? I've been sober for 10 years and I need something to do. Maybe I could do well, that. How would they get involved? Absolutely. They can uh, click the contact form and uh, the mental.ca platform, again, is just starting. It's a project. Right. It's ongoing. But we want people that can help share their story to other men and say, holy smokes, I'm not alone. I heard Jeb speak. I heard Zach speak. And they can open up and uh, and feel safe, even if it's, you know, your life is different than mine, Jeb. Your story is totally different than mine, but we still have these similarities. Similar, yeah, yeah. Right? 
we're sane. <laughs> yeah. Well, depends who you ask. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But you know, somebody would tell you that starting this was insane. It was. Yeah, it was. And um, you know, you got to take risks. Uh, not everything will work out. Yeah. But not taking that is something I've realized is also dangerous for yourself, you know, because that's regret. Had you not done this, do you think at some point you would have had so much regret for not doing it? I don't think so much, but I think, um, I don't know, just, I've always said, just, you know, the sky's the limit, keep going. Or the sky's not the limit, it's only your belief system, right? That's the thing. Nah. Keep going, push, and uh, and see how far you can come. And uh, and most importantly, don't forget to smile every day. Keep people happy, and um, just do good things. And hopefully, it'll come back tenfold. That's the thing right here, right? Yeah. Now more than ever, we need to be kind. Now more than ever, see, we got- I believe that, and it was such a so depressing to me to look at people being so unkind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they went immediately to, it's us against them, mm-hmm. whoever, 100%. those sides, yeah. however they divide up. It's not. No. It's funny when you look at the timeline of the pandemic and you say, oh, uh, we were all in this together, calling each other up. Hey, you doing okay? Um, do you know where the toilet paper is? Do you know? <laughs> yeah. Like all these crazy things have happened. And all of a sudden now, I never thought our world would come to, th- well... Who did? Where we would be fighting each other about Excuse me. the jab. I mean, even my, my ex-wife was saying the other day, remember when at 7 o'clock we go out on the front porch and bang our pots and pans as a yeah. support for the... Frontline workers. Yeah. yeah, and then it's like, well, you know, people got tired of that. And I'm sure somebody at one point went, well, this isn't helping. You know what I mean? It didn't fix everything. And then they gave up. Really really not what it was about. But that spirit has died now. And then there's and it moves all the way over to people attacking hospital workers on their way in. Oh my goodness. It's like, are you kidding me? I think that was a a couple months ago at the foothills, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean they blocked ambulances. Yeah, I just can't imagine thinking you're that important that you should make that decision so they don't want the rest of society to make the decision for them but they want to make the decision for the rest of society i think the word i'm looking for is assholes but people are worried there's going to be a two-tier system here though and that's what they're afraid of where there already is thank you it's always been there you can't get in a car if you don't have a driver's license you can't get behind a wheel yeah, not allowed to drive drunk. You know why? Because it puts other people in danger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the two-tier system, I have a lot of friends that are quite wealthy, and uh, a lot of them go once a year to the U.S., to the Mayo Clinic, and get full-blown physicals. They get everything fixed they need to. And honestly, good for them. They have a lot of money, and they're out of the lineup. People forget also it's like one life. If you got it, take care of it, right? Yep. And then I know a lot of people with a lot of money that are just powering through their body as fast as they can. <laughs> so, but I don't, I, and I don't, I don't, I think people don't like 
being able, like I've had people mad at me because I went to the Betty Ford. Well, you know, there's places to go here. And I was like, you know what? I had a, a really good friend that said, you need to go to Betty Ford. Mm -hmm. That's the only place that you're going to get help. Like, and uh, he fronted me the money to go do it. Like awesome. literally just uh, the first move I made was paying for the ticket to get there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, just get there. We'll work it out when you get back. Interesting. And it was like um, people resent the fact that someone helped me like that, I think. But I think they more or less resent the fact that someone didn't help them. And it's really not about me. Okay. And I try to remember that and go, okay, you're not actually mad at me. You're mad at the situation, and you wish someone would have done that for you or for your uncle or for whoever. Mm. You know, it's funny. I was driving here today, and I was thinking in my head, there is negativity out there. And sometimes, you know, people can blast you or put you in the spotlight, and you start realizing, do you cave in? Do you put the blanket over yourself and just close your eyes and say, God, just bury me right now, you know? Just, just turtle. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Because um, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. We have feelings. We have hearts. We're all nervous through this thing. And you got to remember, like you just said, is how people treat you or what they do to you is a direct reflection of how they feel within themselves. Yes. I, I strongly believe that, do you? Yeah. For the and most I, part. I think for the most part, it has very little to do with me. How people act towards me because oftentimes people say or get stuck in that mindset where we want to be like what does that person think of me or what would they say if i do this and you can't live your life in that it's not worth it i was never really good at that That's I, a, I, oh, I, serious. well i didn't give a shit yeah. which is worse like is it worse like think? to not care what anybody thinks about you gives you license to be the biggest jerk in the world because well i don't care but did you genuinely not care? For a lot of it, yeah. yeah. But how much was altered by yeah. chemical condition, <laughs> you know? A few t uh, too many shots and, yeah, you don't care <laughs> anymore. Why would I? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So what do you do now to keep yourself happy and at peace through this? I don't know if I'm happy yet. I use the word content. content. Um, I go through parts of my life yeah. peaceful, mm -hmm. like a routine, yeah. like do something the same every day, the same way, the same, you know? What would that be? Coffee. Yeah, yeah. coffee. I cook. I make yeah. everything that I sell, so yeah. I'll I have to come by. Yeah. But, and in the night with ice cream. Oh, my God. That's, uh, over the past week, that's all I've been doing, ice cream. It's hitting yeah. the spot, you know, and people say, oh, have ice cream when you're happy or sad, or it just feels good. Yeah, that's how I felt about whatever my addiction was at the time. Yeah. Have it when you're happy or sad, so. What's your favorite ice cream? I really like chocolate with chocolate sauce, but I'm backing off. Yeah. Of the overload on the chocolate. Mm. Where, where do you get, or where do you get it from? 
I have a tendency. I'm not flush with cash anymore, so I buy DQ. No, no, no. I buy like gallons. Oh, nice I've actually gun. bought the big tubs before. Damn. Yeah, I know. There's something wrong with you when you're doing that, eh? No, that's awesome. I can eat quite a bit of ice cream. That's why. I just got two blizzards the other day and yesterday, or a couple days ago and yesterday. I took a few bites, put it back. Today I'll go home and sit, sit in the spot right now. But you can it's kill good. it? You can kill a bowl? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I down to a cup. I use a cup to put the ice oh, cream yeah. in nice, yeah. in an effort to eat less. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Well, thank you again for having me on this. Well, you know what? You were great. You had a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Mentel.ca. Yes. That's what I've been working on. It's a project. It's an early startup, but I do want, um, you know, people to come on board and let's see what we can create here. You know, we don't need this divide. We need to work together. And um, now more than ever, seriously, it's it's really polarized this time yeah. period. And uh, we don't, we're human beings at the end of the day, you know. So if there was no pandemic or the pandemic ends, are we going to really be happy with one another then? Like, hey, buddy that's not vaccinated or vaccinated i I still love you or was there a comfort in hating yeah that would be bad Mm -hmm. but so look up zach hussein yes and um you know like i said i i went to it and i see everything that's going to be built into this and i it's a great idea and i really appreciate you coming to talk to us thank you again jeb yeah okay (laughs) <laughs> thank you yeah that was awesome yeah so i just got to do follow us on instagram oh, yes. at sober not insane subscribe like watch uh youtube listen to us on spotify and apple podcasts and uh i believe now bob's house of pod no there's no bob's house of podcast <laughs> and uh you know big thanks to liz from the camera store for helping us out with equipment and uh, again zach thanks so much thank you again